Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. A gorgeous Monday evening. Thanks so much for joining the Mark Aram Show with you for the next two hours. And oh, Nelly, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, Johnny Kilbasa will join us with a fast food review. We'll get the very latest on the uh, Ahmad Aubrey case. Arby case? Arbery? Arbery. The Ahmad Arbery case, uh, which is uh, gaining and garnering national headlines. But as we do, as we're getting back to the new normal, Getting back to normal after the new normal, uh, we like to kick off every Monday with Millennial Match Game. That being said, I need two contestants to join us right now. If you want to play Millennial Match Game, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The gang's all here tonight. Deb Green, uh, welcome back to the show. You look fantastic. (laughs) For a day off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you had one day off. Longoria looks fantastic. You guys had a good weekend. Everything good? Everything is good. Chuck is back from his his Friday uh, extended vacation. You went turkey hunting. I did, and no luck. Any- although although my 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 uh, my decoys got attacked by a bear. I got a story for that. Oh, the decoy! I don't even know what that means, but the decoys got attacked by a bear. Uh, we're waiting on Randy to dial up. What's the deal? Yeah, we don't. She have- is dialed up, but um, she I, she can't hear me for some reason. All right, she's not saying anything. So well, punch punch her up. Let me see if I can talk to her on the air. Okay, go ahead, go Randy. Ahead. Can you hear me? W. Randy, well, I can hear myself. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, how was your weekend, Longoria? It was good. Yeah. It was good. We just stayed at home and ordered a lot of food in uh, for Mother's Day. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, a lot of, lot of uh, takeout. Takeout. That was it. All we right. didn't do much. Um, why don't you give Randy, uh, Deb, give Chuck Randy's cell phone, and we'll just do it via the cell phone uh, to, to get this Millennial Match game cooking. Uh, let's meet our contestants on the, uh, oh, we got her. Randy, there. I'm here, like swimwear. Randy's here like swimwear. Randy, the defending champion of Millennial Match Game, the queen of Millennial Match Game. Uh, Real quick, how was your weekend? How was your Mother's Day? Everything good? Yeah, my Mother's Day was really good. Of course, my mom's not here, but I gave her the best surprise ever. Which is? I hired her a personal trainer. Oh, that could have gone a bunch of different ways. You hired her something. A personal well, trainer. Well, no, she wanted it. She just didn't want to pay for it, so for, I did it. Like one <laughs> one night, or like how, uh, how long is the personal? It's gonna trainer? be me and my brother. We're doing it for three months, twice a week. That's awesome. Good for you. Don't ever get me that as a gift, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't ever. I mean, it's a sweet gesture, but get me a personal chef, not a personal cook. All right, let's meet our contestants uh, playing a millennial match game. David joined us on the show. David, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. My name's David. I live in Woodstock. Um. Not really much else I can think of right now. <laughs> How old are you, David? 39. All right, 39 years young. That is, uh, I think, too old to be a millennial. You're, like, north of the millennial age, but you're in that sweet spot. You should be able to guess what the millennials say. Let's meet our second contestant. I'm just going to grab this one cold. Uh, what's your name, and where are you calling from? Hello. All right. This is, this is fantastic. Chuck, I need a second uh, millennial contestant, buddy. 
Grab that on line seven. Uh, in the meantime, let's hit the... <laughs> let's just restart this whole show over. It's Monday. Longoria's got a case of the Mondays. Let me uh let's let's hit the millennial match game theme song. Let's there we play go. Millennial match blaming game. it on me. I'm not blaming I I gotta blame it on someone. I can't walk out of the show like uh someone walks out of a press conference. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh Patrick joins us on uh the Mark Aram show. Patrick, welcome to Millennial Match Game. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Uh hey, yeah, I'm Patrick. I am currently in advertising school, also went to uh film school. Ooh. I'm in California. I grew up uh, working in the film industry out in L.A. Creative dude. How old are you, Patrick? 27. All right. So you are a millennial, so you should be able to get this easy. So here's the deal. Tonight's millennial match game category, famous 80s songs. Famous 80s songs. So here's how this is work going to work. I'm going to play uh, a bit of an audio clip, and you have to guess whether or not Randy will know the artist will know the artist. Uh, so you don't need to know the answer. You just have to guess whether or not... Uh, Randy will know the artist. So, for example, I'll play this one. This doesn't count. This is just an example. This was the song in my high school in the 80s. So what do you think, uh, David? Do you think Millennial Randy would know what uh, artist that is? Or song or anything? Will she know anything related to it? I'll say no. Yeah. Randy, do you know what that song is? Well, I feel like you didn't play it long enough for me to hear it. Pot it back up. Name of the song is You Give Love a Bad Name, Randy. Who who sang that song? Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, that's that's Bon Jovi. All right, so this is going to be very easy, guys. Usually I say when in doubt, the millennial doesn't know. Randy's not going to get any of these. And that's no offense to Randy, but it's just not the thing. All right, David, here we go. We're starting with you. Will millennial Randy know who sings this famous 80s song? Very catchy tune from the 80s. What do you think, David? Will Millennial Randy know who sang that song? I'm going to say no. Hells to the no. Randy, you want to hear a little more of it? Yep, please. My lips are sealed. Okay, I feel yeah. like I kind of remember this because, you know, people don't know this, but I was actually a uh, karaoke DJ. Oh. And I had to play 80s, 80s music. Oh. So Remember, I remember this a little bit. I remember the lyrics and um, uh, um, uh, you know, I, it's, it's uh, I kind of know it, I, but I can't think of it. But Give I me know a guess. A it's a woman, yeah, female group. <laughs> uh, like, 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 uh, ooh, it doesn't matter what they say. Dang. Dang. I, I, uh, a female group. Any female group. Well, Blondie's not a female group, but Blondie. Blondie is not a female group. That was, uh, those are the Go-Go's. The Go-Go's. Our oh, lips are sealed. All right. David gets the point. Patrick, famous 80s songs. Millennial Match Game brought to you, as always, by Rocco's European Garage. Will Millennial Randy know who sings this famous song? This is the uh, prototypical 80s pop song right here. What do you think, Patrick? Will Millennial Randy know who sings Burning Down the House? Well, uh, you know, I'm not the best with the 80s music, but I tell you, I'll be kind of sad if she doesn't know this one because it's one of the greatest artists of all time. So you say yes. I, I'm going to say I, I hope she does. All I think right. she will. Randy, who's burning down the house in the 80s? Who was burning down the house? 
Okay, well, he said the greatest, and the greatest would be Michael Jackson, but I know this isn't Michael Jackson, <laughs> but I do know, I do know this, uh, the bur the burning down the house is somebody like, uh, is it, is it Radiohead? Talk, uh, uh, is it talk talking? Keep going, Randy, keep going. I know it's a Radiohead, No, no, right? keep going. You almost had it. Uh, 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 music head. Keep, no, you were close. Radio, uh... You got the heads right. The heads was right. I know. That's all I know, Mark. I you you know said the first word. Technically, that was their nickname, the heads. Oh, oh yeah? Radio? All right. Talking heads. The talking heads. We'll give you that. We'll give you that point, Patrick. Wow. I cannot yeah. believe that. That was amazing. All right. Uh, Millennial Match Game tied up one-to-one. -one. 80s songs. Famous 80s songs. This is a great song. The question, though, David, will Millennial Randy know who sings this 80s song? Oh, don't, Randy, don't help her out. Well, David, uh, Randy said, oh, yeah. By the way, not a hint, but this is uh, Low T. Chuck's ringtone. That's probably how Randy knows it. All right, David. Yeah, well, I mean, she says, oh, yeah. So I would assume, Randy, who sings that song? Okay, well, I actually don't know who that is, <laughs> but I just know that. I know that song down in my heart. I'll even give but, you... Um, Give you the, if you give me the the lead singer's name, that'll count. This is a band, but the lead singer is more famous. Okay, okay, lead singer, lead singer, God damn it! Every time you call Chuck, this is what he hears. I don't know the name. All right, uh, that is Wham. George Michael, wham, I would have accepted either. All right, uh, no point. I, I She threw you a curveball. She said yes in the middle of that. Uh, all right, here we go, Patrick. You can take the lead here. Will Millennial Randy know who sings this uber-famous 80s song? May or may not have made out with Jamie Garwich to this song back in 1988. Was she dancing on the top of a jag? She was not. There were no jaguars in my uh, my hometown. All right, what do you think? Will Millennial Randy know who sings that famous 80s song? Ah, uh, jeez. You know, I wish I remembered how old uh, Randy was. Uh, how old are you, Randy? 29? 32. 30, 30 deuce. 30 Ooh. deuce. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, too. I'll play a little more, Randy. Picture me making out with cute little blonde Jamie Garwich. <laughs> Not a good visual? I don't know about that. Because Here, I know Jeremiah so well. But yeah. um, I know this song. This is another song people love. Oh, yeah. It's by Eric Clapton. They played this one all the time. I knew this one. So who sang it? Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton uh, did not sing that song. Not even close. What? That's White Snake. <laughs> Eric Clapton. Oh, I'm so sorry, oh. Mr. Clapton. I apologize. The first time in in music history that White Snake was confused for Eric Clapton. All right, real quick, uh, David, you, you can get this. You can take the lead or something. I don't know. Will Randy know this '80s hit? Who sings it? <laughs> Kiss Me Deadly is the name of the song. Will Millennial Randy know who sings it, though? 
Nope. Randy? Uh, wait, can you play some more? Kiss me once, kiss me twice, kiss me deadly, Randy. This, what's that group? That's what Jamie Garwich oh. said back in 1988. Okay, well, TMI. <laughs> um, what's the guy? What's the group with the tongues? Ain't they called Kiss? That is, they are called Kiss. That was not Kiss though. That was a woman named Lita Ford. Lita, Lita Ford. Kiss did not sing "Kiss Me Deadly," but that was I mean, a logical guess. End of round one of Millennial Match Game. What's the score, Deborah Green? We are all tied up at two-two. All right, Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. We'll close out this uh, classic episode of Millennial Match Game when we come back. Tied up, David and Patrick. You are listening to the Mark Aram Show on ninety-five point five WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Final round of Millennial Match Game brought to you, as always, by Rocco's European Garage. Deb Green, what's the score and who is up? All right, we're all tied up at 2-2, and it's Patrick's turn. Patrick, here we go. 80s uh, Songs Edition. Whoa, whoa. Someone's uh, someone's got the window down. Uh, 80s Song Edition of Millennial Match Game. Uh, will Millennial Randy know who sings this famous 80s song? Faster. Tonight. I'll stop singing. What do you think? That's a very famous song. Well, Millennial Randy knows who sings that song. Uh, I am going to guess artist name, probably no. I'm sure she knows the song. Okay. But. Randy, who sings that song? <laughs> okay. He may kind of be on to something. I know the sound of the song. Take yeah. Me I think it's, uh, 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 oh, oh, you're there. You're there. Well, um, uh, 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 Edward, Edward, it, no, that don't sound like a cool name. And uh, what's, the, what's the nickname Aaron. for Edward? Eddie. Eddie who? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to her. Eddie Money. That was Eddie Money. Oh, yes. Good job. Name. All right, here we go. Uh, David, for the win, will, uh, oh, I don't know what to do in this last one. I'll go with this one. Will Millennial Randy know who sings this 80s song? Working Classic right there. What do you think? Will Randy know? Randy, who sings this song? Y'all know that's my girl, Big Booby Dolly. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Nine to five by Miss Dolly Parton. We like to refer to her as. That's the end of Millennial Match Game. What's the score, Deb Green? David three, Patrick two. All right, David, you win, but unfortunately, because of the Rona, we have no prizes to give away, but you guys both did amazing. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, When we come back, Veronica Waters will join us live with the breaking news out of uh, Brunswick, Georgia. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Mark Aram Show. Hey, this is Ray Liotta, and you're listening to the Mark. Mar- uh, 639, 21 in front of 766 gorgeous degrees on Peachtree Street. Mark Aram and the Bananas here to inform and entertain until 8 in the p.m. Coming up next hour, Johnny Kilbasa will join us with the Fast Food Review. And our buddy David Danzig from Bites and Sights with the possibility that a legendary Atlanta restaurant has closed its doors for good. The big local story, nay, the big national story, what's been going on in Brunswick, the Ahmad Arbery situation. Joining us live covering the case for WSB Radio is our very own Veronica Waters. Veronica, how are you? I am doing well, sir, and yourself. Excellent. First off, before we get to the uh, the news, how was your Mother's Day and, and how is your how's your mom doing? 
Oh, my mom is doing really, really well. Thanks so much for asking. I have made sure to uh, check on her to make sure that she's not leaving the house. She promises that she's staying inside and staying safe. And, um, you know, we've got people bringing her the fresh groceries that she needs. Nice. And, you know, she's she's good on stuff from Amazon. That's That's so. <laughs> been a struggle for me is, like, my my mom is, like, she's loving it. She, she's, like, she gets to stay home. It's fan. But my dad, he's, like, uh, a jumping bean. You can't keep – you know my dad, Veronica. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's going to the supermarket at 7 a.m., to get my the scene. favorite dancing part. You know what? My father-in-law is too. So he, my my father-in-law has been hopping off to the store yeah. every other day. It seems, you know. And uh, my mother-in-law is like, you know, stay your butt at home. And he's like, you know, <laughs> hey, do you need some paper towels? Yeah, exactly. My dad's like, I'm going to the store to get creamer. And my, both my parents drink their coffee black. I mean, he just what? wants out of the house. But at least he's wearing a mask. Uh, anyway, um, happy belated Mother's Day to your uh, your mother and mother-in-law, Veronica. Uh, let's get down to serious business. Uh, Glenn County, uh, the Ahmad Arbery case. Um, for folks that are just joining us in their car today and didn't hear the news throughout the day, get us caught up to date. What's the latest on the situation? So we had some really big moves today, and uh, after this thing seemed to have moved at a snail's pace for uh, two and a half months, all of a sudden we are speeding down the interstate of justice, it seems, because the uh, Georgia Attorney General made some major moves in the case within the last day. And uh, so first we'll start with with him. Uh, Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, I talked to him today, and he was talking about, number one, having asked the Department of Justice, the Federal Department of Justice, to look into how the investigation of Ahmaud Arbery shooting was handled. You know, as well as I do, there's been a lot of criticism about why it took so long for charges to be brought, and it was only after that video was made public, leaked by uh, the lawyer friend of the, the man who took the video. So he wants to know why these prosecutors in particular did not express uh, the conflict they're supposed to, by law, uh, tell them about these conflicts that they have when they conflict, conflict themselves out on a case. So he wants that looked into. He did not specify that he had asked the DOJ to look into whether hate crimes are possible, but a statement from the DOJ says that will be part of the investigation. The other thing that Attorney General Carr did is that he appointed a fourth prosecutor to this case. Of course, DA Tom Durden from Liberty County is the one who asked the GBI to step in and investigate the shooting after the video was made public. Now, Durden has told uh, AG Carr that his office simply does not have the resources to investigate and handle this case like it should be. So he asked for help, and AG Carr appointed Joyette Holmes, who is the district attorney in Cobb County, to take over the case. Veronica Waters joining us live on the Mark Aram Show. This new DA, what do we know about her? Uh, she's Cobb County, but uh, this, is, this is a big case. She's the first black district attorney there in Cobb County, first black female district attorney, Joyette Holmes. She is a former defense attorney. She is a former magistrate judge, Republican magistrate judge, who was uh, elected to the court back in 2015 and then uh, was later appointed uh, to, the, to the role of DA by the governor. And I asked, actually, A.G. Carr about the optics of having a black D.A., whether or not that was important in such a racially charged case. And he told me, Veronica, this is about experience. It's about her experience. It's about the relationships that Cobb and Brunswick already sort of have with each other, as we've seen cases moved back and forth between these two counties when venue had to be changed. And he says Cobb not only has the resources, but Joyette has the experience. 
She's a former, she's been a prosecutor, she's been a defense attorney, and she's been a judge. And he says she has a stellar reputation. Veronica, and that's how he made the appointment. Veronica, um, we, we know this came to light because of that horrific video. Since then, there have been more videos that popped up, surveillance video. Uh, what's the latest on those videos and what they could mean to this case? So one of the videos uh, does show that uh, that Ahmad Arbery was walking around this construction site that day. And uh, this lines up according to the family attorney, Lee Merritt, with everything they knew about the case and that there had been no report made from that homeowner about having been upset about it. One of the things I did last week in making open records requests was to ask the police for reports of burglaries and any reports and dispatch-assisted cases that had to do with either of the McMichaels or had Ahmaud Arbery's name connected with them. And, And it's interesting that in one of the reports, there is um, there was a homeowner who called about some somebody some black male walking around a site, but this was back in this was like last November, and the person it's noted was didn't doesn't look anything like Ahmad Arbery. He's described as a light skinned male with tattoos up and down his arms and a you know either twists or dreads that is listed in the report, and it does not appear to be Arbery. This other video is Arbery walking around this construction site, which is, you know, quite normal for what people would do when they see, you know, houses under construction. I've walked into stuff under construction, um, you know, in recent months just Mm -hmm. to get a look around at what's, you know, what's for sale, what's happening. And so, um, but but the family attorney says there's nothing wrong with that. And if someone could believe that it's worthy of making a citizen's arrest because somebody was poking their nose around a, a, a house under construction, then where are we as a country today? Veronica Waters covering this huge story for us here at WSB Radio. We appreciate your time, and we'll get the very latest tomorrow morning from you on Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slate. Thanks, as always, Ronnie. Absolutely. We'll come right back with your calls, your thoughts on this still-developing story. 404-872-0750, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. Welcome back to the show. 653, 73 and a half degrees on Peachtree Street. Coming up after the news at 7, WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway will discuss the uh, Arbery case with us. Your thoughts at 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm just going to reiterate, you weren't here, Chuck, on Friday when we talked about this this story. Um, obviously, a huge story there out of Brunswick. Um it doesn't it you know I, I we've been down this road before right we've seen mm-hmm. these things so i don't want to jump to conclusions but it looks really really bad right now yes. i mean it but what concerns me most and this is something we'll talk to phil about after the news is not so much uh, i mean obviously what happened on that that street on january uh, february 23rd was awful mm-hmm. but i think what might be even uh more troubling to me or equally as troubling is how it was handled and the fact it didn't come to light until May 7th when the GBI was called in and the charges, mm-hmm. how it was handled. And, and you could say it's, uh, you know, the good old boy network or, uh, you know, the law enforcement folks protecting themselves. We see that in a lot of professions where it's, you know, cover my butt, I'll cover your butt kind of thing. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happened in those 70 some odd days between the murder and when the charges were dropped. Do we know if the, the, the local D or whatever had access to that video at the time they made decisions? We don't, we don't yet. Because that's like, if they didn't and they only had the word and, and what they saw at the scene and the word of their former police officer, now turned detective, I guess I could kind of see where they're like, okay, well. If, if they didn't, if though, they it's did, horrible police work. Oof. 
But if if they didn't, it's just horrible police work. Sure. Like they're one of the witnesses there they talked to had was the guy taking the main video. Mm-hmm. And you know, he thought, I think, by releasing the video that it was justifying their actions, right? Yeah. That was his no. And but the fact that there was also two security camera videos in the neighborhood, so I mean, either they had it and didn't do anything, or the, it was just lazy police work. Could have been. Uh, so we'll talk to Phil Holloway about that. Uh, it's just, yeah. All right. Yeah. So before before we get into Phil, you mentioned something about uh, on your hunting trip on Friday. <laughs> yeah. What happened? It did not go. A as bear well, got so your what? My my turkey decoys. I I set up my blind the night before and just kind of put my decoys behind my blind. Yeah. And then when I got up there in the morning, my blinds all tore up. I can't find my decoys, blah, blah, blah. I got my blind set up, and I found them out in the field yeah. just chewed up and tore what, all right, up. Re- real quick, where were you doing this? Where were you hunting? Uh, up North Georgia. North Georgia. Yeah. And the decoy is what? It looks like a turkey? Yeah. Turkey and it's decoys. like supposed to, like... Fools are turkeys. To thinking, oh, there's a, a yeah. female turkey I yeah. can get with. Mm-hmm. And the bear apparently thought it was a real yes, turkey. Yes, he thought he got a free meal. And I, I, I got to think he was super annoyed as he sauntered off and left yeah. his chewed-up decoys like, Damn it, on Chuck. the ground. Yeah. And when yeah. You're, you said it was a stand? Uh, it's a little. I just have a little ground blind I set so up. So you do it on the ground, not yeah. on a tree or no, anything no, like huh. that. Did you see any turkeys or no? I heard them. I couldn't get them to, really? to, to poke their little heads out. All right. So I'm getting closer. Who did you go with, if you don't mind? Myself. Asking. Just yourself? Yeah, I just go Well, of course myself. you weren't going to get anything. Usually, at least if you go with someone else. You think that's how it works? Someone else? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> you at least double your chances. <laughs> well, sometimes. You know, Phil goes with you. We got a chance of getting some, some turkey legs or something. But, all <laughs> right. That goes negative, doesn't it? How much do those turkey blinds or turkey decoys cost you? Uh, they can get very expensive. These were only about 100 bucks. Th- that's expensive. Well, not in turkey decoy land. It, I'll, make you, I'll make you one for 40 for 40? A paper okay. mache. Longoria's daughters will make one out of paper <laughs> All right. mache. Like the ones we make for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. Yeah. The Just hand. trace the hand. <laughs> yeah. Those that'll, might work. That'll yeah. work. All right. Uh, we'll come back. Phil Holloway, WSB Legal Analyst, will join us with the uh, breaking news out of the situation in Brunswick, Georgia, Glynn County. More of your calls as well. 404-872-0750. 1-800-972-8255. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. I stand alone. I stand alone. Welcome back to the show and a good Monday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show heard Monday through Friday. 6 to 8 p.m. on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk, the time 7.07. The whole family's here today. Deborah Green produces the show. Longoria, the stoic Eskimo on the other side of the takeout window. Loti Chuck screens your calls. I asked Veronica about Mother's Day and ask you guys, uh, Deborah Green, did you send your mom anything or did you yeah, celebrate? Yeah, I, I sent her a, a care package and then my husband's mom lives here, so she came down and had <laughs> dinner with us. Yes. yes, his mom. Nice. Yeah. Um, do you have to cook like bangers and mash? I did Cornish game hen. Oh, yes. very yes. Yorkshire puddings. Um, Spotted and... dick pudding. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and That's then a I thing, made. Uh... I understand right. what it is. Yeah, I know and I what made it panna cotta is. for dessert. Oh, delicious! Yeah. How about you, Longoria? By the way, Longoria's mom 
Did you see what uh, Ashley Frasca posted on Facebook today? <laughs> she looked like Corona. Yeah. I mean, uh, Longoria Corona. posted a picture of his mom, and Ashley Frasca thought it was Wendy Corona. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, they look alike. No. That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't think so, but... No? Mildly racist? Was that mildly racist? <laughs> no, that... no, it wasn't. No? All right. Uh, did you do anything for your mom? Yeah, I sent uh, my grandmother and my mom uh, both a dozen roses. Uh, from your bushes, or you actually bought <laughs> no, them? No, I actually bought right, them. I good. spent money, yeah. And a Whataburger gift card. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, Low T Chuck, do you, do you celebrate Mother's Day in Montana? Is that. I mean, it exists. Okay. It's a thing. Yeah. I called. Okay. Eh, yeah, you just. Eh. Did you FaceTime at least? Nah. She must be dying to see your daughter, though. Oh, yeah, she's dying. All right. Yeah. Well, you didn't even give her that. No, that, that, that's <laughs> my wife's department. I, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I called my mom on Mother's Day, but again, if you missed the show last week, uh, for na- from now on, Maya is going to order all the gifts for us because I ordered my Mother's Day gift for my mom. I thought it would be arriving on the Saturday before Mother's Day, but I didn't check the date, so it's coming the Saturday after Mother's Day. So I called and let her know that it's coming and she'll get a little bonus Mother's Day prize uh, on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to talk to her. Um, we're going to continue our coverage of the case out of Glynn County. Joining us, WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway. Phil, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Mark. I hope you are in these uh, strange times we live in, buddy. We, we are uh, mask-wearing, self-isolating, necessity-driven uh, uh, essential workers here on the Mark Aram Show. Before, before I get into it, I, I want to start with the, the machinations behind the scene we announced uh, there was announced a new prosecutor today uh, by the uh, who does it? The attorney general of Georgia. Yes, it was the attorney general made that call and he appointed uh, Cobb County D.A. Joyette Holmes. And I, I don't know why. My best guess is probably he wanted to uh, find someone a good, good ways away who might can put a fresh set of eyes on it. And she's got a very smart team of lawyers. And I, I would imagine that uh, he wanted uh, an outside person and office that was was not really caught up in the local politics as it were how does that work behind the scenes so so my uh knowledge of the law comes from uh law and order and billions okay so two well, you TV got more shows. than me so <laughs> so behind the scenes do are, are da's lobbying to get that position how does it work that that uh, this this uh prosecutor was selected how does it work behind the scenes well, that's a very good question, uh, and each time is different. I, I do know of instances, and I'm, I don't think that's the case in this situation, but there are instances where prosecutors do want high-profile cases, and they say, look, you know, it's an election year. This is a high-profile case. Let me have it. I'll do a good job, and, you know, it, it, can, it can kind of boost a career. And judges, by the way, do the same thing in cases of judicial recusal. But I think for the most part, the um, it's just a judgment call by the attorney general. The attorney general mentioned the resources available uh, to the latest prosecutor, which I certainly understand because all eyes of the nation are going to be on this. But as an attorney, I mean, granted, I am not an attorney, never will be an attorney, but I don't know if I'd want this case as the prosecutor. To me, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and, and really there's a lot of downside to this case if you lose it. There's a huge downside to it, and it's going to be a very difficult case. It's going to be obviously emotional, and, you know, you may I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a change of venue. And, you know, I don't want to speak too soon, but Cobb County and Glenn County tend to trade cases back and forth in terms of changes of venue. We've seen that a lot over, over in the past. But anyway, uh, you know, the prosecutor who, who, who's going to try this case, in my opinion, is going to start out at something of a disadvantage, Mark, because the – not the original DA, but the second DA, Barnhill, out of Waycross, Ware County, mm-hmm. uh, he got in the case and then – couple of weeks later got out because of a perceived conflict of interest but on his way out the door 
he dropped this letter in the file. It was addressed to the uh, Glenn County Police Department. But in that letter, he basically says there's no reason to charge anybody. There's no probable cause for an arrest. And he lays out a, a three-page legal brief, and it's got you know the seal of the state of Georgia on the top and everything. And it's just a criminal defense lawyer's dream uh, to, to have something of, of that magnitude in the prosecutor's case file. So if, if people who are trained lawyers – and let's face it, Vic Reynolds is the – Director of the GBI, he used to be the DA in Cobb County, and he used to be a judge, and he was a criminal defense lawyer. He's, he's no slouch in terms of legal experience either. So when you've got him on the one hand saying probable cause is clear, and then you've got an experienced DA in Ware County writing a letter and dropping it in the file and saying there's no probable cause at all, then I'm wondering how a jury is supposed to determine that there's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. That's just – my initial impression, at least. WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Uh, the the cell phone video and the uh, security video that has now been released, you, you say that the authorities did not have that uh, back when this uh, occurred in, in February 23rd. Are you talking about the video of the actual shooting? Yes. Or, uh, they had that one. They had that fairly quickly, and okay. I think they had other video pretty quickly, too, that, that showed uh, the victim – uh, going in or around a house that was under construction, and, and there's a lot of debate about what that might mean. And I don't know what, he, if anything, he was doing at that house, but I know that the video, at best, at best, all you can glean from the video video is possibly uh, that he was involved in, in criminal trespass, which is a very minor misdemeanor. Uh, you, you certainly don't – I don't see a burglary on that surveillance video, Um you know, I guess it's possible that he was burglarizing it, but but you would have to have other evidence to prove that. The video itself does not establish a burglary. At best, it might establish trespass, and that just depends on whether or not he entered that property after being warned to stay off of it or with some type of intention to commit a crime. Heard from the wife of the man who took the cell phone video of the murder, and uh, she says that her and her husband are, are, are scared for their lives. They're very sorry for what happened. Um, do we know if they're, if they're going to be put in protective custody, if there'll be charges placed against that, that third individual? Where do we stand with that aspect of the story? They're in a dangerous position, in my opinion, because... If it is determined by authorities that they were acting in concert with the other defendants in the case in, in any small means, in any way at all, even if it's just a little bit of help or moral support or whatever, if they're acting in concert with them, they can be charged under a theory called a, being a party to the crime. Okay, That's the, like an accessory. And if you are an accessory or a party to the crime in the state of Georgia, you can be charged with and convicted of the same thing as the principal perpetrator and sentenced to the same thing. So you know, if it, if it appears that they were working together with these guys, then they, they could theoretically be charged. Phil Holloway joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Earlier when I was talking to Veronica Waters, uh, I mentioned that obviously the, the murder case is, is, is the trial is a big deal. But to me, also a big deal is what happened between February 23rd and May 7th when the GBI got in and, and pressed charges. The scrutiny that will be focused on the local authorities there uh, in Brunswick, in Glynn County. Uh, how big of a part of this story will this eventually turn out to be? 
Well, I think that's a big story in and of itself. It's sort of the subplot, but it's barely a subplot. They're, they're going to have to answer to the GBI, excuse me, to the FBI. They've got the Justice Department that's going to come in, and they've been asked to investigate the investigation. The, the Justice Department is going to send FBI agents and talk to this district attorney, Barnhill, and others to determine, you know, why were you over there, uh, DA Barnhill? Why were you there the day uh, or the day after the shooting, I guess, giving a verbal opinion that no probable cause existed when it was not your jurisdiction. He was eventually named by the attorney general as the uh, substitute district attorney because the local DA recused herself. But at the time he first went over there, Barnhill, he was not authorized by the governor to be there, according to the attorney general's press release from yesterday. So that's going to be a big question is why were you over there in the first place? Why were you telling the local authorities that there was no probable cause? And by the way, why did you feel it was necessary to put this three-page legal memorandum in the file that uh, potentially sabotages the eventual prosecution? That's going to be a big question that he's going to have to answer. WSP legal analyst Phil Holloway in the Mark Aram Show. All right, what's the next step in uh, the legal process, Phil? What can we uh, expect to happen for the rest of the week and going forward? Once we get... COVID sort of cleared out and the court's back to running, that you're going to have a preliminary hearing where the, the prosecution is going to bear the burden of proof to a judge's satisfaction that a crime probably was committed and that this defendant or these defendants probably committed it. Uh, it's, it's a preliminary hearing, and it should happen, I think, in the next few months. And at some point, there will be a grand jury that will return probably a bill of indictment. After that, we're going to see a miniature trial. There's going to be uh, a lawyer or lawyers filing something called a uh, immunity motion. In Georgia, uh, if you claim self-defense, and they will, they'll claim self-defense, and they will file a pretrial motion, and they'll have a big hearing on it. It's almost like a miniature trial. And if a judge finds that they were acting uh, in accordance with Georgia's self-defense statutes, then they are immune from further prosecution, and that will be the end of it. If the judge says, no, I don't think that uh, you've, you've met that burden, and eventually it goes to trial, the defense gets another bite at that apple, and they can make that same argument in terms of immunity to a trial jury. Phil, great insight as always. Follow him on Twitter, folks. It's at Phil Holloway, E-S-Q. <laughs> I do not have an E-S-Q after the end of my Twitter handle. Only Phil does. Phil, uh, I hope we can touch base in the future as this case moves forward, buddy. I I'm sure we will, brother. Take care. Take care. Phil Holloway, WSB Legal Analyst. All right, we'll come back with your calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Got some news out of Costco. Got some news out of Delta. I'll bring you up to date on those stories as well. It's the Mark Aram Show on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We'll take your calls about uh, Glynn County in just a second. But uh, a little good news on the uh, panic buying front. Uh, I'm looking at Longoria when I say panic buying because uh, when this whole COVID thing started, he and his wife went out and bought. How many rolls of toilet paper was it, Chuck? Two hundred. Still sitting on that mountain. Right? Still, yeah. It was like a thing from <laughs> Sam. Uh -huh. uh, this is this news from Costco. In April, Costco saw monthly sales fall for the first time in a decade, as some experts say that consumer buying habits are going back to normal after a rush of panic buying. So, the Longorias of the world went out, stocked up. And now, so they don't need to go shopping anymore. No, so that's for at least another year. Yeah. So you think that's bad news that the sales have dipped, but it's actually good news because yeah. 
The long I board can buy is, toilet paper. Now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> now we have a square to spare. Oh, by the way, a square to spare. Uh, rest in peace, Jerry Stiller. Ah, oh, that oh, was man, awesome. that sucks. That yeah. out of all me of them this, this weekend, that yeah. was the worst. Uh, yeah, everyone is dying, man. Little Richard, Little Richard, Little Richard hurt. Who, there were some other musical folk that died. Right. Uh, Richard, uh, well, Jerry Stiller was 92. I think uh, Little Richard was 89. 87, I think. All right. Okay, I wow. honestly thought Little Richard had died already. So did I. Yeah, no offense. No, I'm, I just... No, really? You know. Yeah, I really thought he... he He's had, been out of the limelight for, yeah, for quite a, long time. a while. Out yeah. of the loop. Um, but Jerry Stiller, yeah. so that, that hit this morning at like 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. as I was doing uh, TV uh, traffic. So uh, as is my want when someone passes on, that means a lot to me, I just start... Dropping their lines into the uh, into the newscast and Jerry uh, Stiller's lines, who who played uh, George Costanza's dad on Seinfeld and the dad on um, King of Queens. King of Queens. I never I've never seen King of Queens. Oh really? Apparently he was really good. Yeah, apparently he was awesome. So I didn't know any of those lines, but I dropped a bunch of lines from him on Seinfeld, uh, and I posted a, a compilation video up uh, pretty much everywhere on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at uh, Mark Aram, and it was. Uh, there's not a lot of lines that that you can use on TV now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird how things have changed since you know the early '90s to now, and certainly not a lot of lines that you could uh, drop into a newscast without seeming really, really strange. But I tried my best. That that one hit me hard today, though. Jerry Stiller, uh, dead at the age of 92. There's there's zero chance now for a Seinfeld movie, a reunion show. Like his, I think both his parents, the actresses, yeah, there died. Are both yeah. of them. Uh, just. Just, and Newman can't be long for this earth, right? I mean, that guy's in really bad shape. I think shape. he lost shape. Uh, oh, yeah. He lost he's, weight, he's lost he? weight. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Grant joins us in Tequila. Grant, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Mark. How are you, sir? Excellent. What's going on? Well, I have two things that I've been thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, since I've been listening to this uh, uh, Brunswick uh, story. Mm-hmm. One is um, there's two things that bother me. And I'm not a lawyer, or not a police officer, or anything. But but I'm thinking about this. Now, this guy's supposedly jogging. He was unarmed, allegedly. There was no no gun found or anything. So I mean, he's jogging. I used to jog. What if this is an abandoned, not an abandoned house, but a house under construction, mm-hmm. and he has to, you know, as in Forrest Gump, when I had to go, I had to go. Oh, so if he had yeah. to go. And he's looking around, see if there's anybody around. Hey, maybe I can do this and get back on the road. I mean, that's that's something that might want to be. I don't. I don't. I didn't see that in the security video that he went number one in the uh, construction site. Uh, but that's well, interesting. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just thinking. But the other point I want to make is, is I have a question. If I were a juror, can can you hang on, Grant, for one second? Absolutely. All right, we're gonna come back. Oh, Dad, nabbit, Grant, call back. I totally fat fingered that. Th- <laughs> Grant, call back. I'll, I'll get you on as soon as we come back. We'll be right back. This is the Mark Aram Show. Hey, this is Anderson Cooper, and you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show. 736, 24 in front of 8 o'clock. Mark Aram and the Bananas at your beck and call until 8 p.m. You know, we're going to play another round of uh, Guess the Banana at some point this week. So come up with some interesting facts, guys and, and gal, and we'll play uh, Guess the Bananas. Uh, before we get to double food news, we uh, <clears throat> I accidentally hung up on Grant going to the news. Sorry about that, my friend. That's all right. That's all right. Thank you for uh, letting me call back. No problem. Um, my, own, my other point was just that because of the fact that it took so long, you know, and the video was released, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything starts happening, 
I'm just kind of I'm kind of wondering about the status of the um, the the shooters as far as in the community and who they make. You know, I understand. I believe that one of the uh, defense attorney or defense, uh, you know, what I'm saying DA mm-hmm. uh, had recused himself due to prior involvement in other ca- another case with one of them. I think the senior. Uh, yeah. Gentleman. Well, both of the suspects are in jail right now. Well, I understand that, but I'm saying he'd recused himself. I don't know if that's the one that dropped the, the letter in the file or whatever, but he said he recused himself from what I understood from the news reports that uh, he'd had prior dealings with him, you know, legally. I don't know if it was criminally or business-wise, but, you know, uh, you, you might want to look into the status of them and, and, and their, you know, their their chain of command. In sure, the, in the yeah, that's what I said. There's been two recusals so far, as far as I know. But yeah, to me, that is going to be as big as the murder story is. And I don't want to make uh, light of it or lessen that importance. I think another big part of this is going to be what happened with the uh, local agencies there between February 23rd and May 7th. What did they know and what didn't they know? Uh, Longoria, I'm going to need the sad breaking news sounder. I mean, we only have one breaking news sounder, but we have, a sound. uh, we have breaking news in the food world. <laughs> Where is Hector? Our uh, resident foodie, David Danzig, from Bites and Size, Georgia, with a jaw-dropping announcement yeah. in the Atlanta dining scene. One of my favorite restaurants of all time is No Mo, apparently, Dave. What's going on? Yeah, just seismic seismic news, Mark. We're, we're starting to see now, we, we've seen a lot of temporary closures, but now we're starting to see permanent closures and the the one that you're talking about is Rathbun's, not Rathbun's steak, not Kevin Rathbun's steak, but Rathbun's. The original is, Rathbun's. Is original, 2004, and um, really was a pioneer. He, he put it over in this neighborhood that was kind of scary at the time, to be honest. It was crazy that he put it there, and it was so magnificent, so groundbreaking. The cuisine was so incredible. Things started springing up around it. Next thing you know, Crog Street Market. Uh, which is this incredible beacon. And then the whole neighborhood came around. And um, Kevin Rathbun did announce, and it's been confirmed, uh, that he is closing Rathbun's and its uh, accompanying little uh, concept called the um, Krog Bar. So it's very, uh, very disappointing. But I think the, the, the underlying, and I reached out to Kevin, I'm trying to get him to confirm everything. It sounded like there was, this was something that was coming along uh, there were back and forth with the with the the lease. Um, Krog Bar was already slated to become a par- more parking for Krog Street Market. So that one may have just been an early demise. But Rathbun's, he may have just said, "I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave the keys here with you and 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 move on and not uh, go back and forth on the lease." David Danzig from Bites and Size joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Uh, Kevin Rathbun was a notable chef. Uh, worked for the uh, Buckhead Life Restaurant Group. Started at mm-hmm. Nava. And then got his own his own shingle, and Rathbun's really raised the bar for fine uh, American dining in Atlanta. And and for years, that was the go to spot if you wanted to impress a business client, if you had a hot date, an anniversary. I mean, Rathbun's was game changing. I can't imagine yeah. uh, an Atlanta restaurant scene without Rathbun's. Yeah, it's it's um, Kevin's saying that he's he's got some thoughts for for what's coming next. He is keeping Kevin Rathbun's steak. And KR Steak Bar, that's his other concept. He's also got a, 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 a share of Kaiser's Chop House. Like, Kevin's not going anywhere. You know, Mark, I, th- I think there are some restaurants that are permanently close um, 
among other sweet tomatoes, which is a buffet concept. It's not going to make it. It's not going to be on the other side of this. Um, a great place on Buford Highway just permanently closed called Panahar. It's Bangladeshi. Bangladeshi, yeah. The Bangladeshi I love point. Panahar. Buffet is not going to be back. So I think you're going to see some places that were destined to fail. They weren't, they weren't surviving anyway. Then you're going to see some where their concepts just aren't going to be on the other side. And then I think there's going to be some places that are like, the lease was getting out of hand and the, the landlord wasn't being uh, negotiating and it's easier for me to, to walk away and start over. And uh, an interesting article I'm reading from uh, a local uh, publication here called What Now Atlanta is saying that there are a lot of restaurants looking for turnkey concepts. So I think there could be some opportunities uh, if restaurants walk away for new ones to step in. David Danzig from Bites and Sites. You can hear him every weekend on Atlanta Living with uh, Belinda Skelton. Keeps up to date, buddy, but really sad news that if, if this is true, that there will be no rappings. I'm heartbroken. A lot of great memories of that joint. Great memories. Yeah, th- yeah, absolutely. Thanks, David. Thank you, Mark. From fine dining to fast food. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from Parts Unknown, Height Unknown, Weight, oof, we do not want to know, Johnny Kilbasa and the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? My concept is solid. I'm not going out of business, Mark, because I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the take, and I'm covered with cheese. And I aim to please. And I got better news than that, man. Did I ever take you to Raffin's? I don't think so, right? No, I was never that high <laughs> on your actually do that. Well, I didn't know if you enjoyed the fine dining scene or not. But, uh, yeah, that's that's sad. All right, so better news in the fast food world. What do you got, Johnny K? One more big meal deal that I forgot to go through before everybody gets back to innovating the fast food world, Mark. Let's go on up to Firehouse Subs. I know I don't talk about them enough. But they got a great deal going on down here, and it's not—it's it's not a ten-dollar deal. It's a twenty-four-dollar deal, Mark. But you're getting all kinds of stuff with it. You're going to get three medium subs, three bags of chips, and three cookies. So you get to—you get to choose from their favorite subs that they got. You know, they steam their subs. If you've never had a firehouse sub, it's—it's it's totally different than like going to the other places and getting a sub because when they steam it, it gives it that soft, doughy yet. Uh, somehow chewy and delicious work on the the sub bun itself. So you can get the hook and ladder, you can get the fireside meatball, you can get the Italian, then throw in some bags of chips and some cookies. Twenty four bucks. That's eight dollars a person for a big lunch, Mark. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money, though. Break it down again. Twenty four dollars gets me, Deb Green, and Low T. What? What do we get for twenty four bucks? Right. It'll probably be twice as much as Deb wants to eat. So you can probably <laughs> throw in another person there too to share Deb's. So you're going to get three medium subs, and then you're going to get three bags of chips, and then you're going to get three cookies, three medium. Then a medium sub is not – it's bigger than a normal yeah, medium sub. Yeah. It's not like just a little teeny one. It's a good size. Trying sub. to do the math on that. Size. I think, honestly, I think just me – Longo and I could crush that ourselves, right? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. We each get up one and a half medium subs, one and a half cookies, and we bring Deb the soda, the third soda. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that'll work out. Uh, what's what's sad is the firehouse slubs, slubs, the firehouse subs that I used to go to on Peachtree has closed, and I'm of not course. sure if there's a firehouse subs in Gainesville. Russ, Ross, is there a come here, man. is there a firehouse subs up near you, buddy? Yes, there's one across the street from where I am right now. Actually, uh, where are you right now? What is the name of this road? <laughs> Shallowford Road. Shallowford Road. Uh, are you a fan yeah. of Firehouse, Russ? 
I've never been to one. Really? Uh, it's it's an upscale no. joint. And, you know, I used to go to Subway all the time. And, yeah. You know, but uh, I've never been to one. I don't really eat subs that much, but I'll try one. I, I'm not opposed to it. They got good-looking girls there, Russ. Hey, lady! Thank you, well, <laughs> there it is. I'm going now. Johnny, what would you suggest Russ get at a Firehouse Subs for a Firehouse Virgin? What what should he start with? The meatball or? Go with the hook and ladder. That's the, the good one. The hook and, and ladder. And they've got, you know, they've got about 150 different bottles of hot sauce for you to choose from. So I like going and grabbing like six or eight of them. And then like the president, when he signs a thing with 15 different pens, <laughs> I like to eat a sub with 15 different hot sauces on it. My man. All right. Firehouse Subs got the bit. Usually we're talking about $5 deals. This is a $24 deal, but you can three uh, feed three handily. Johnny K, we appreciate you as always. And? Hey, I don't want to cut into Russ's time, so <laughs> if the cholesterol is high, baby, so am I. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and listen to the Soft Talk podcast on any pod app or russandgainesville.com. All things available on johnnykilbasa.com. Appreciate you, bruh. Anytime, bro. There, there we go, Johnny K. Russ, you're still here. Sorry that uh, Johnny cut into your time, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> no, you make him hate me. <laughs> no, that was pretty cordial. I think everything no, happened. Man, he was very nice today. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I like him. He's cool. Everyone got along just fine. Uh, so how was yeah. your how was your Mother's Day weekend, Russ? Any any good breaking developments for us? I had a great uh, – we, we had Beatrice yesterday. Remember the one you told me not to be with? Yeah, the, the, the one that Chuck said she was going to stab you with a spoon yeah, and take yeah. your liver. Yeah. Yeah, so I, so I was worried yesterday. Now she wants to move in with us. Uh, oh, Chuck, what do you think? Our relationship expert, uh, Charles Thomas the third. Do it, man. Yeah, we Ooh. saw the picture, Russ. That that's that's going to end with CSI. I mean, I can see they're going to be using black lights uh, along your your hotel room, and they'll be like, "All right, he had a he had a firehouse sub over here, and then he <laughs> he got two bites in to the hook and ladder, and then she ch- stabbed him with a spoon and took his liver." So. We we are unanimous here, saying stay away from that girl, buddy. She is trouble. Yeah, I can tell she's trouble. Yeah, yeah, we can too, buddy. Stay clear, man. Stay safe. Okay, thanks a lot, Mark. All right, Russ, keep wearing that mask too, by the way, buddy. Uh, have we got a mask? I think I'm good. <laughs> I got my spies in Gainesville watching you, and they said you're not wearing the mask. So get that mask back on, brother. I'm gonna get it on. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a mask. All right, Russ, be safe, my friend. Uh, Rob joins us in Fayetteville. Rob, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. How's everything, man? What's up, brother? All right, now I've been looking at this case, and I think that the video actually um, is in favor of the so-called defendants. If you actually look at it, you know, there's a, a point where the the jogger and the truck goes out of view. The the, the, the individual taking the, 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 the video actually pans the the uh, camera out of view and at that point you see um uh the the deceased he actually is going around the vehicle charging at the so-called defendant so if you look at the video if you take your emotions out of it and you just look at the video for what it is you see the guy charging the other guy with a shotgun and tries to remove the shotgun from the individual as, as I said on Friday, I, I think you made a good point. Take emotion out of it. I think we're all going to see different things on that video. It just depends what the judge and jury see on the multiple videos that now are now available. One of the murder and two uh, subsequent videos prior to that.
Uh, we'll come back. I've got some news from Delta you might want to hear. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News. And final segment of the show, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, Delta, our hometown airline, obviously the uh, the airline industry is just rocked to its core right now. Uh, Delta announced Friday that it's cutting service at 10 U.S. airports, serving cities including New York, L.A., and Chicago. Uh, so in New York, uh, Westchester County Airport, service is going to cease there. In fact, that whole airport, I think, is still shut down. Why is that important? Well, to me... Sometimes it's cheaper to go to Connecticut flying in there than it is to Hartford, so that stinks for me. Uh, Also, uh, JFK, they're not going to fly into, just LaGuardia. In Chicago, they will no longer go to Midway, Midway, but they will still go to O'Hare. And in Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood Burbank Airport is no longer viable, but they can still use LAX, so... Uh, thoughts and prayers to all the Delta folk out there. That's a that's a big employee here in Metro Atlanta. Hopefully things will bounce back soon. Lee joins us in Buford, Georgia. Lee, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing okay. What's um, the matter, Lee? You sound down. <laughs> I do. I sound a little down. Not the last caller. Um, so I don't think we know if they encountered him prior to what we see in the video. And so when I look at the video, I see him running and... I don't think that he realizes who is there, like what's going on, until he comes around to the other side of the truck. And at that point, we're used to people running. Well, he chose not to run. He chose to fight. And it's okay to fight if someone has a gun pointed at you. So we don't know if there was an encounter prior to. And so, like, you know, in the movies or whatever, oh, go cut them off. Go cut them off. We don't know if that happened. Yeah. And even if that did happen, you, you're not a police officer. You didn't show your badge. And so if you present a gun to me, I get to fight you. And I think people are just used to people running and not Fle- and, and yeah. fleeing. And they wanted him to flee. Flee and or they, fight. they say, oh, that's a problem. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's still so early. Lee, thank you for, for a great call. I, I do appreciate it. We don't know what happened yet. Unfortunately, uh, Mr. Arbery can't uh, testify and let us know what happened. We'll see what happens in the court system, and we'll see what happens to the uh, the officials there in Glynn County that, that I think dropped the ball for too long. Let's do Star of the Show, Longoria. And now, are you guys ready for the Mark uh, Aaron Star of the Show? Leslie Longoria and Hot Neighbor, belated Mother's Day stars of the show, and Deb Green. So there are three. Deb gets one, too, to pat her lead. But Leslie Longoria with that straight hair. Ooh, that straight hair on Leslie. Uh, we'll, continue so the, we'll, continue the, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. 
Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. 